to you about this morning. Part of our Reclaiming the Church series, Spiritual Grown-Ups. Wouldn't it be nice to go back in uh, time to when you were younger, but take all of the wisdom and knowledge that you've gained right now and go put it in your earliest self. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just to get to the end of your life and say, okay, when I get to my last decade of life, I'm going to take all that wisdom and all that knowledge and I'm going to put it into my teenager self and let's see how my life works out. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could do that? Well, uh, I've I've said it a few times with my, my, with my wife. I, I'm finally, myself, I'm finally reaching my age. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. But as a young person, I was always one of those older kids. You know, I was older than, I was the only child, raised as only child, you know, very independent. And, uh, and so I, I was old. I was that, the kid who didn't do all the other things other kids did. And so I, w- I was always older in my mind. And now I've, I was always this 40-year-old teenager. But now that I'm getting to that age, and I'm like, now what? I'm exactly the age I've always been. So now what do I go from here? But one thing I've learned uh, as I've grown up is that you are never as mature as you think you are right? In every season of life, you can always think, man, I've got it figured out. I've got it. I understand things now because I can compare myself to my past. But then five, 10 years goes on. You think, man, I don't know what I was thinking five, 10 years ago. Man, now I've got it really figured out right now. Now I get how life works. And then five, 10 years goes on. You're like, I was, I didn't know what I was talking about in my thirties, man. Now that I'm in my forties, I really understand. And then now you get to your seventies and you're like, Nobody knows what they're doing. You know, uh, that's, that, that, can you imagine if we could figure it out early on and get wisdom? You can. And I want to talk to you about the wisdom that the Father gives through the presence of the Holy Spirit each and every day. Uh, you and I have physical growth, we have emotional growth, social growth, you can have intellectual knowledge growth, but there's also spiritual growth. Somebody say amen. Spiritual growth. What does it mean to have spiritual wisdom? When I say spiritual wisdom, what do you think of? You can think of like a Yoda Star Wars figure or some old wizard Merlin from King Arthur, or you can think about some monk, you know, in a Christian monastery with a long white beard. He's figured it all out when wisdom, he's a spiritually wise person. But any person can have spiritual wisdom. But just like that emotional, social growth, just like that uh, intellectual growth, it doesn't happen automatically. Let me give you an example. First is, you can have a 30-year-old man who has grown up, got a job, went to college, got a family, and he's got a house, and he's paying his bills on time. 30 years old. And then you can have a 30-year-old guy who dropped out of high school, dropped out of college, is playing Xbox in his mom's basement, all right? Both physically grew up to 30, but not both grew up. Are you with me? See, it didn't happen on accident. There were things that you had to learn, mistakes you had to make, things you had to grow through, and it took work. It took blood, sweat, and tears. It took some successes. It took some defeats. It took some purpose. It took some action, And spiritual growth is much the same way. Spiritual growth, unlike physical growth, doesn't just happen by coming to a church and sitting on a pew. It happens when we engage the Holy Spirit. Uh, We can remain, as believers, we can remain spiritual babies if we're not intentional about growing in the Spirit. Uh, There are some that perhaps have been in church many years, 
And we can still easily get offended. We can come to be served. We can be inconsistent with our devotion in the Lord. We can care about all of our denominational differences. We can get lost in some weird, crazy doctrines. Uh, we can even still fight the same battles in our habitual sins that we did when we were first baby Christians years ago. And it doesn't matter how many years you sat in the pew, sometimes I've seen people who are only saved a few years be more spiritually empowered, spiritually wise than those who've been in the pews for 50 years. How many know what I'm, under, I'm saying? Okay. So part of this Reclaiming the Church series is about getting back, like reclaimed wood, getting it back to its original state, going back to the book of Acts and finding out how do we become the people God has called us to be, to be a spiritual people. And if we aren't a spiritual people, we'll just be a natural people. And we don't just have natural knowledge as the church, we have a spiritual knowledge. And the Holy Spirit's goal is to do that, to teach us some things, to show us some things, and to empower us to do things that we otherwise could not do on our own. So if you have a Bible, turn with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. What has the Spirit showed you and told you lately? What has the Holy Spirit been teaching you, showing you, and empowering you to do this week? This last week, what did you hear from the Holy Spirit? This last week, what had the Holy Spirit talked to you about? And this week, what did you do that only was able to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit working in you? First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, let's pray. Father, right now, Lord, open this spirit to open this text to us, open the spirit uh, in our eyes, our ears, our hearts to understand, our feet to go out of this place differently. Holy Spirit, be in control of this next moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul is speaking to a very divided church. Let's go back in time. We're in the first century church, and Paul has been in Corinth for 18 months. He leaves, and he finds out by letters from Apollos and Chloe's people that, man, this church has gone off the rails. They have been divided denominationally, doctrinally. There's some doctrinal issues. There's some her heresy issues, some major sin issues, but mainly they're divided, class and race and sex and gender. They're, they're, they're divided in all kinds of ways. And Paul says to this church, he says, I did not come to you with the philosophy of Greek wisdom. I didn't come to you like a philosopher, like the people on your market squares where it's very important in Corinth that philosophers would come out and argue and debate with eloquent words to get their rhetoric and their point across, right? To teach Plato and Aristotle kind of stuff, right? You with me? And he says, I didn't come to you with eloquent uh, words that were catchy, that were willing to turn your ability by my persuasive, persuasive argument. I came with you in weakness and timidity, even in trembling, but I came with you by the power of God, and it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, I didn't come with you with this natural wisdom. That natural wisdom, people in that, that way, they don't understand the spiritual wisdom. I came with the wisdom of God, the wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's trying to get his, under, his, his audience to understand. He says, man, the reason, the reason you are fighting, the reason you have gone back to what I told you, when I came, you were babies. You should be growing up by now. But because you have been walking in the flesh and not in the spirit, because you are going for natural understanding instead of spiritual understanding, you're at the same place as when I left. So there should be some spiritual growing up that should have happened. So he says this in chapter 2, verse 9. 
We'll go down to chapter 3, verse 3. Just as it's written, These things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, the things which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. For to us, God revealed them. Everybody say revealed. He revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, listen to this, even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know, that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit. We combine spiritual thoughts with spiritual words, but a natural man doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him, and he can't understand them because they are not spiritually appraised or spiritually investigated. He says, but, those who, but he who is spiritual appraises or investigates all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have, what? The mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you are not able to receive it. Yet indeed you are still not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like mere men? What is he saying there? Can you imagine, think about this for a second, can you imagine this group of believers and Paul himself did not have the New Testament Bible. They did not have the New Testament scriptures. So everything they had to learn was two, two, from two sources. One, from the Old Testament investigations they had to do. Number two, from the oral traditions passed down from the apostles about Jesus. And then three, you could say Paul's letters. Think about this. How much of the Holy Spirit would you have to have without the New Testament? How much of the Holy Spirit would you have to have in your life without all of Paul's letters? To have the Holy Spirit be revealing the Old Testament to you to learn about Jesus. The Holy Spirit to move on you, to teach you about a Christ who you've never met, whom your words you may not be able to read and read, that the Holy Spirit would have to begin to speak to you in a powerful, powerful way. Now imagine our level of the Holy Spirit that we are walking in today and what they had to be walking in back then. Can you, can you with me this morning? What if, what if we could be a people that could have this book and all those words in red, but also have the power of the Holy Spirit that that early church had to have? What could we accomplish for Jesus? What could we accomplish for Jesus these men were taught directly by the Holy Spirit, Paul is saying. But Paul is saying, but you are failing to grow in the Spirit because you are living in the flesh. And in sums, he's saying, just like these early philosophers that you guys hear on your way to church every day, as you go to the marketplace and you hear these philosophers orating in the marketplace and they are gathering a followers of going into their philosophy schools and all these kids want to go to philosophy school, he said, just like they are going to school to get the wisdom passed down from ancient Greek civilization, just as they're learning about ancient things from way back when and are passing it down into this knowledge school, that's the same thing you, Christians, should be doing with the Holy Spirit. He wants them to go to spiritual school where the Holy Spirit is going to teach them the wisdom that not comes from ancient days of past 
years yonder, but from the ancient places, the deep places of the presence of God. Whew, that's pretty good stuff. Can you imagine going back to the deep places, the ancient places of God? You grow when you know what the Holy Spirit shows. You will grow when you know what the Holy Spirit is showing you. I'm going to talk to you about three things. He shows, he knows, and he grows. This is the, the growing up part of, of the Holy Spirit. He, he knows, he shows, he grows. Versus he shows. I, I almost ordered invisible ink today because if I was to write on a piece of paper with invisible ink on, on the back of one of these sheets of paper and write on it, you wouldn't be able to see what it said unless you had these special glasses on or a UV light that you had to have to have the thing on that would give you revelation. Now, remember, how many people had that spy ink when you were kids? Remember that? Where you could write it down and you'd pass secret notes and you had to have something just to see it? The same is true with the Holy Spirit. Man, natural understanding, natural church going, natural reading of the Bible is not going to do it. You have to have the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. I went to, when I was in uh, University of Missouri, Columbia, my minor was in religious studies, and all of my professors that I had, almost none of them, were really spirit-filled Christians. Guys could speak in ancient languages, read hieroglyphics, knew the Bible better than any pastor I'd ever met, but still did not believe it because they didn't have spiritual revelation of the text. It was just another book to them. That very moment you put your trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and makes his indwelling with you, and he gives you revelation. What does he give you revelation about? He shows you how to be a spiritual person. For instance, number one, he gives you a new sense. You can have taste and touch and smell. You can have hearing. But when you become a spiritually born-again person, you get a, a new sense, the sixth sense, not the movie. But you have sixth sense. You can touch, you can taste, you can smell, you can hear, you can see in the natural man. But then there's this spiritual sense you get when you get born again. How many know what I'm talking about? That you can feel the Holy Spirit in a room. You can sense him when he pops something out when you're reading your Bible. Ooh, that was good. That's the Holy Spirit. Or you hear a sermon and say, man, that cut to my heart. The Spirit's working on me. When, you, when you're in prayer at night or in your morning and you can see sense God's telling you something or you feel his embrace or you sing a song and you're like man this is not just normal words there's something a lot there I mean you know what I'm talking about there's something in this that is not just natural you see the Holy Spirit is not just this emotional goosebump he's not just some catchy phrases he's not just good doctrine he's something that you sense that you feel something beyond the natural that you have to have to live this spiritual life to grow up into the spiritual adult that God wants you to be. Next, he gives you a new mind. Paul says their psyche, their psychology was not awakened to the spirit. For that reason, they had to try to work on doctrine, but they were messing it all up. They tried to be a better person, but they were messing it all up. He says, the spirit has not given you something. He's not given you the mind of Christ. He says, you're not awakened to truth. There's a, there's a new understanding and a new way of thinking that cannot come by rationalizing your Christianity out. There's a new way of knowledge that cannot come just by memorizing Bible verses. There's a knowledge that comes that gets to the depths, depths of your mind that actually changes the way you think about things. For instance, he says, I've been revealed things directly by the Holy Spirit in verse 10. And you, can, you and I have this, uh, we're so blessed to have the New Testament Scripture but I wonder if we're reading it with spiritual understanding. For instance, you can get revelation about how God thinks about sin. 
You're going to encounter things in your life that aren't going to be in the Bible. You're going to have to know if that, that thing is sin for you. You can get conviction about how you should love someone. And you think, well, how does it work? He says, well, you have a body and you have a mind. And how many people talk to yourselves? Don't raise your hand. All right. Uh, you know, uh, we have this, I talk to myself sometimes, and you get, then you get to wonder about yourself. But you talk to yourself, you have an inner voice. And Paul says, it's kind of like this. He, he does something pretty cool. He says, the Spirit knows the inner voice. You know, uh, sometimes in marriage, uh, Beth and I, we, we've been together for a good while now, and so you ever have these conversations where you're having a conversation to yourself, and then you just start picking that conversation up with somebody else? And they're like, they're like what are you talking about? Oh, I must have been saying that silently to myself. Have you ever done that before? Like, I, I thought we were having this conversation, but I guess I was just thinking it in my head. Nobody does. I know, you're all perfect. But, you know, like, you, you, he's like, the Spirit knows what the mind of the Lord is saying. And so the Holy Spirit goes up to heaven. He searches the deep mind of God, the place where nobody knows what God is saying or thinking because it's in God's mind. And the Spirit makes revelation from those secret thoughts of God into you. Am I living in that place where God is speaking into my heart from things that I don't know what God is thinking or saying. I have his word and I can do the best I can there. But man, we can know what God is thinking about a person. We can go to the grocery store and God is saying, I'm thinking about this person. Would you go talk to them for me? He can, he can tell you things about your life. He can give you prophetic words for others, even for yourself. He can show you things about what's going on in your own heart. Lord knows that sometimes I don't even know what's going on in my own heart. So it works to reverse. Look at this in Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings, deep things, deep places that cannot be expressed in words. And really, he's talking about how the Holy Spirit, if your heart was a bedroom or a room, I know you in your house, you have no junk drawers, but in my house, there are certain drawers that are within drawers, there's places that nobody goes, that were just, just the, the place where if it doesn't fit in our house, it goes in that drawer, right? And he's like, the Holy Spirit can go to the depths of that back closet into the depths of that drawer, and he can go to the deep places of your life, and he can search those things out and know what's really going on in you, and he prays those things, he says, with groanings that cannot be expressed in words, and the Father, who knows all hearts and knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit is pleading for the saints in harmony with God's own will. Think of that. The Spirit is going to the mind of God, finding the deep things that God wants us to know. And the Spirit is going to the deep things in your hearts that maybe you don't even know what's going on. And He's praying with you and for you to the will of God. And so there's this up and down communication. How much I need the Holy Spirit each and every week to show me what I need to be doing in my life. So number one, he shows us. What is the Spirit showing you this week about God's ways? What is he revealing to you, even about yourself? There's been times in my life where I'm like, man, I didn't really know I was prideful right then. And he shows me. Man, I didn't really know I, I, I should have done that differently. The Holy Spirit does that. Number two, he knows. Not only does the Spirit show us God, but he knows God's mysterious, mysterious plan, he says. Paul says it's apocalypto. It's a divine revelation of supernatural secrets. He's the spirit of revelation. He says the rabbis have passed down to you traditions. The Greeks have passed down your philosophy and wisdom. But the spirit is passing down the wisdom of God in Christ. 
You ever have trouble understanding the Bible? I do. And what happens? He says the Holy Spirit is wanting every believer to be open to this glorious reality about who Christ is. Think about that road on the, on the road to Emmaus. Remember that moment where the disciples didn't have spiritual revelation about the scriptures of the Old Testament and Jesus is alive and they don't see who he is. He doesn't, they don't, he got a new body, right? And they're walking and he says, did you know about this Christ? And he starts teaching them the Old Testament as they're walking down the road and they say, oh, that's good teaching. That's some good stuff right there. And then later on they said, didn't our hearts burn within us when we heard about the Christ expounded from the Old Testament, when we heard Jesus come alive from the Old Testament, you see this Holy Spirit, number one job is to make Jesus alive. The Bible says it was the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. And that same Spirit lives in you. And that same Spirit wants to make this text, these Bible stories, come alive. If you are believing in dead doctrine, you're not reading the Bible right. If your Bible studies are dead, dry, and boring, if my preaching is boring, that's probably my fault. But it could be that the Spirit is not making it come alive to you. He says, you've got to have the Holy Spirit teach you this mysterious plan of God. What is that? There's the revelation of Christ and who he is. For instance, Christ is Adam's seed who would crush the serpent's head. He's Noah's ark, saving God's remnant from judgment. He's Abraham's promised son who'd be sacrificed. He's Jacob's ladder that gives us access to heaven. He's Moses' Passover lamb. He's Abraham's promised son. He's the manna. He's the living water. He's Israel's high priest. He makes intercessions for the saints. He's David's eternal son and eternal king who'd build the house from the Lord. He's Solomon's true temple. He's the Jonah who came back three days from the belly of death and preached righteousness. He's Ruth's Boaz, our kinsman's redeemer. That's Jesus. And if you can't come alive with that, say, look at that mysterious plan from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God had a plan to get his son here, and it should excite me that God has got everything in the past figured out. He's got everything in the future figured out. And if he knows my past, he's got my future. He's got it all in his hands. And so I can say, yes, Holy Spirit, make this mysterious promise plan of God come alive. And it burns on the inside. He says, Colossians 1.26, that is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages. See, the Old Testament people didn't understand this. They didn't know why they were sacrificing lambs. They didn't know why they had to have a high priest. They didn't know why they had to have an ark because they didn't see it. But now you and I can say, yes, I see Jesus in every single story and the Holy Spirit as you go throughout your life he makes you see Jesus every single day you see it's all about him this mystery which has been hidden is being manifested to the saints the Holy Spirit's job to you right now is to make Jesus come alive you should be excited for Jesus because if the Holy Spirit made him alive in the grave he's making him alive in you and if he's not Let's just say something. You might be not walking according to the Spirit, but walking according to the flesh. There's no, there's no sense in having a dead Christianity because it doesn't exist. The only Christianity is a living Christianity. The only Jesus is a living Jesus. I saw um, a famous person post the other day, if Jesus is, was alive today, he'd be doing such and such and such. And a famous Christian artist posted, he said, hey, I have news for you. He's still alive, right? He's alive. 
And so he should be alive on the inside of you. And even Jesus said, guys, to these Pharisees, don't follow these Pharisees and this dead works and dead religion. He says, you should only have one teacher, one instructor. That's the Christ. And how would he do that if he's not here today? Well, he says in John chapter 16, but he, the spirit of truth, when he comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, where's he hearing it from? The secret depth of the mind of God. Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you when he comes. We can get continual revelation. Now, everything we do is going to be based up in Scripture. Nothing the Spirit tells us is going to disagree. Somebody gives you some weird prophetic word, you better take it back to Scripture. Some new doctrine comes in, you better take it back to Scripture. The Spirit will never disagree with himself because he wrote the Bible, all right? He wrote the Bible. But when he comes, he should just bring revelation, and you should read your word and say, man... I see Jesus in this. Man, that burns on the inside of me. And Paul says, guys, the reason this is not happening is because I gave you milk and I wanted you to get to the meat. I wanted you to get to the deep things, but you're too fleshly. That's why you're in all these issues in your church. That's why all these issues are going on in your head. That's why all these issues are happening in your heart is because I need you to get from milk to meat. So what is the Spirit teaching you this week about Jesus What did you learn this week in your devotional life that burned inside of you? What did you learn this week that you said, man, I see Jesus more clearly today than I did yesterday? If that's happening, you're growing. Number three, and I'll close with this. He grows. He shows, he knows, and he grows. You know, kids start off drinking milk and they move to baby food, then to solid food. Why? Because as they grow physically, They need different nutrients to keep on growing. The bigger you get, the deeper the nutrients you need. That that milk's not sufficient once the body gets to a certain place, and now you need the steak and mashed potatoes, right, and sweet potato fries. I mean, you need something a little more substantial than just a glass of milk because that's where you are. And the same is true spiritually. Wherever you're at, you need to be substantial in what you're taking in by the Spirit and the Word of God. Otherwise, you will consistently be a malnourished Christian. And let me tell you something. There is problems as a, I, I have two young girls, and I can tell you that as they begin to grow, they did not always like the food mom and dad were giving. They had the milk, then you go with the baby food, and it's like, here's the spinach, and then the spinach is all over daddy. And then, you know, like they didn't like it because they had to learn to take in new food. But I knew what was best for them and I knew what they needed to take. And then they get into the harder food and the solid food. And you find, well, they like spaghetti, but they don't like peas because peas end up all over their face and in their hair. Like, I mean, there's different moments where we're like, I don't like this. But the Spirit is saying, yeah, but you need this. You need to go confess to that person. You need to go to apologize to that person. You need to get up earlier and start listening to me and talking to me because you're not going to make it in this next season of your life unless right now you take your peace and right now you take this hard food. And unless you get off of the candy and the chocolate before bed and you start doing your insure, I don't know what it is, but you need to take something that's beneficial to what the season of life that you're in is right now. And the Father knows how to give you what is best. Somebody say amen. He knows even if I don't like it and I want to spit it out, he says, this is good for you. Take this in. Oh, that's so good, Pastor. Pass it on back. We always say that a lot, right? Pass it on. No, this is for you. 
that devotional today was for you. This thing that you're going through right now. God, I don't know why I'm in this season. Well, maybe my strength needs to be made perfect in your weakness right now. I'm trying to teach you something about yourself so I can show you to rely on me. The Spirit knows how to grow you. And let me tell you something. Pastor Heath cannot be with you every day of every moment of your life. I don't know what to tell you every time. I don't have to time know what I need to be telling myself. I mean, you need someone with you every single day to help you be who he's called you to be. And the Corinthian church had failed to move from milk to meat. And they were walking in the power of the flesh. All those things from Galatians 5. Carnal man, walking for bodily desires, exalting ourselves. And he says, you'll continue to be a stranger to the spirit-filled life. He says in Romans 8, For the mind is set on the flesh is death, and the mind on the spirit is life and peace. But the mind set on the flesh will be hostile towards God. It doesn't subject itself to the law of God. It's not even able to do it. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The flesh in your life is going to produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness as you begin to take him in. Get over those hard transitions you're going to have a few spit-ups. You may have a th few throw-ups. You may not like the taste of what he's teaching you or what he's telling you about it. It may not be natural to you, but he's trying to get you to the next season, the next level. And every day, you receive something from the Spirit. Listen to me. Every day you receive something from the Spirit, you will grow. Every day you take in here something from the Spirit you will grow. And the question is, how many days have I not taken in something from the Spirit? How many days have I been so busy with my to-do list, with my earthly responsibilities, with my natural appetites to watch TV and be on Facebook and get all these projects done and do all these things that I failed to really say, Holy Spirit, today, how can you show me Jesus? Holy Spirit, today, how can you make him alive? Holy Spirit, today, is there any area or avenue of my heart that you want to grow, to prune off? Are there, Holy Spirit, today, is there anything you want me to do? God, that you, are, that, that you see the big plan, you know the big picture. It could be little things. It could be big things. But each day the Spirit is showing you things, teaching you things, and He gives you the strength and the power to live it out. He teaches you those Christ-like attitudes, that, how to be patient, when you have no natural patience left, trust me, I have little kids. There are days when the earthly patience is gone. I need Holy Spirit patience. There are days when I don't have natural earthly understanding. I need spiritual understanding. There are days when I don't have natural earthly strength. I need spiritual strength. The more the Spirit feeds you, the stronger you'll grow. Revelation, <clears throat> close with this, Revelation, John said to these churches that were failing, and these seven churches, he says, I want you to discern what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You remember that verse? What is the Spirit saying to the church? Because his job is to make Jesus come alive. I want to be a spiritual grown-up. That doesn't mean you don't have to be boring and old and, and, and you have to put everything fun away. My, my parents are some of the most fun people in the world. But you want to get to a place where, God, I want to leave that legacy of faith. God, I want to move from the milk to the meat. God, I want to see you 
doing something on the inside of me that I'm not doing myself. That's this Holy Spirit partnership. So would you stand with me this morning? And uh, Miss T, would you come back? I want to take an inventory. Are we growing in the Spirit? Are we a spiritual people? What has the Spirit been speaking to you this week? Maybe right now he needs to bring something he's been trying. Maybe today he's been trying to speak something to you all week long and you haven't gotten it yet. And he's like, I'm going to try again. Maybe he's going to show you somebody in the next moment. We're going to take the next few minutes to pray. The next moment he might be showing you something about yourself. And I want you to work on this. Or I want you to take this in. Maybe there's someone he wants you to go work out some relationship issues. Maybe there's some decisions and things he wants you to change that you've been doing or reorganize your schedule, your priorities. I don't know. There could be an infinite number of things. I just know I need the Holy Spirit more today than I did yesterday. I need him more and more each day. Every place, every, every step of this journey is all orchestrated and brought through by the power of the Holy Spirit. That he's got to show me things. He's got to teach me things. He's got to empower me to do the things he wants me to do. This life cannot be done in the Spirit without the Holy Spirit. You can be a natural Christian and you can be a pretty good one. But you'll never be a supernatural Christian unless you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. What's he saying to you? What's he been speaking to you? What's he been feeding you? Maybe today, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe today your devotional life has not been what it ought to be. Sometimes we can get off into junk food in our diets. And it's time to get back on course, get back on track. Maybe our attitudes have been a little impatient, a little bit snippy. And he says, I want to just give you more grace, more peace, more gentleness. Maybe it's been fear. And he says, I want to give you a little bit more faith. What's the Spirit saying to you, church? He knows you. Maybe there's deep hurts and deep pains. He wants to get out of you and get up to the throne of God and just, you'd let it go and give it to Him. Maybe your Christianity has got to a boring place, a plateau. It's time to take in the next season. It's time to go deeper. Deeper in your worship. Deeper in your investigation of Scripture. Deeper in your prayer life. I want to know the deep things of God. Holy Spirit, in this moment, sanctify this moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we take this altar moment. Jesus, come alive, Lord. Holy Spirit, burn inside of us. Make Jesus alive. Blow, Holy Spirit, like a wind that just cleanses us out. Lord, come as a consuming fire that burns out the chaff. Lord, flow like a river of water, Lord, that rushes through us. Oh, God, and brings life and abundant life, oh, God. Lord, come and soothe us like the oil of the Holy Spirit, the, the oil that, that brings gladness and joy, that brings healing for the nations. God, come, Holy Spirit, like the comforter, the counselor, the teacher, the advocate that you are. Holy Spirit, come like that gentle dove that rests on us and whispers to us uh, the things of the deep things of God. Holy Spirit, be that one that intercedes through us with groanings too deep for words. God, let us get to that place. Holy Spirit, we want to know you.